Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to the Still Becoming One podcast. We're thrilled that you are with us today. We are actually starting a series. We're going to do a series on growing in intimacy together. What does Still Becoming One mean as we're trying to grow together in different areas of intimacy? So we're going to take an episode and talk about spiritual intimacy and another one on emotional intimacy and what that looks like to grow together in, and a third in sexual intimacy and how you actually learn to grow together in all of these different areas of intimacy. So we're really excited to uh, kick this off, and I think it's going to be a really um, important series in just talking about some practical and emotional ways that we can actually grow together in closeness and in intimacy in our marriages. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that these are not the only areas of intimacy. Lots of people have identified some other areas that are definitely um, important and impact a marriage, but I think these three would probably be the ones we identify as the top three that everyone experiences no matter what. So maybe we'll do a uh, bonus episode with what other types of intimacy are there. Yeah. I mean, I think anything where you're growing as a couple or something that has potential to pull you apart as a couple, there is where the potential for intimacy is. For sure. For sure. And so today we're going to kick things off by talking about spiritual intimacy. Mm -hmm. Spiritual intimacy, that is honestly a topic I think a lot of times people don't even know where to start with. I think people are intimidated by it. I definitely know that we were when we were first married. Um, We were intimidated and then we struggled to figure it out and to um, come to a place where we honored each other's spiritual walk. Yeah. So we're going to tackle that today. Yeah. And I would even challenge, I mean, I guess we should start with what, what is spiritual intimacy? What's, how do we even define it? What's it look like? Yeah. Um, as I said, it's anything that can grow you together or pull you apart. And of course, at our core is the fact that we are spiritual beings that were created by God to have a relationship with Him. And out of that flows all other relationships and how we relate. So how do we grow in spiritual intimacy as individuals and as a married couple as we're still becoming one? Right. So it it is that process of continuing to grow as an individual, but then bringing that together in a relationship and seeing that grow both of you together. And then I think there's also the elements of actually growing together. I know that our both of our um, understanding of Jesus' love, Jesus' grace, I think sometimes you can be on a journey as an individual, and sometimes the two of you kind of journey together on that in understanding and growth, um, but you don't always have to be on an each journey together. Sometimes mm. they happen individually, and we get to share it with our spouse, and they get to see how that journey is happening. And sometimes we journey together. So kind of in what you're saying is in this 
intimacy, it is somewhat in a journey with you and God that then you bring mm-hmm. into your marriage, which is quite a bit different than when we talk about emotional intimacy or we talk about sexual intimacy. Obviously, those are things you distinctly share together with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's kind of the uniqueness of this one. This is the crux of why we exist and sure. and God's plan for us as people. And then his plan for us as married people, for those of us out there that are married. Well, and that brings us to this place where I'm going to guess that there's some of you who are listening right now who may be sitting here going, my spouse isn't really interested in growing in spiritual intimacy. Um, maybe they're not necessarily at the same you know, level of belief as you are, or maybe they're, you know, have just uh, not necessarily even are Christian at this point. And so then this feels like an almost impossible task. But what would you say to somebody who is not in that same journey with their spouse, that they're gr- trying to grow spiritually, but not necessarily together? I think then it really is a focus on your own walk with God. And I would just encourage you to, if your spouse is, is not where you think they should be, like that's, that's kind of a, a slippery slope kind of question. But I would just say, if, if you, you feel that in your heart, just you know continue to ask God to keep your heart soft towards your spouse, whether they're a complete non-believer or someone who is struggling with something or they just, you know, aren't where you think you are, I guess I would say, is to just continue to grow in your relationship and, um, yeah, keep your heart soft towards the journey that they're on. Okay. So we're going to mostly talk about uh, kind of with the assumption that both of you would somewhat desire to grow spiritually together, but maybe don't quite know how to do that and talk about maybe what some of the things are that are holding couples back. Because we certainly experienced that in our life where we would have at all times, I think in our marriage said that we wanted to grow spiritually together, Mm -hmm. but we're often missing each other in this same component. Well, I think, I think that when you first got married, I think probably people out there who got married in the Christian community, which we did, can relate to this. I think when we first got married, I thought growing spiritually meant that we had to read all of those couple devotionals that we got given as wedding presents. And those would, um, those were the key. Like those were, you did those and those helped you grow spiritually together. Um, And... Wow. I, I, and man, we I think we probably got like a dozen as wedding presents. I'm not sure what that meant. If people thought we'd really like them or just that we thought we'd really it's need a them. Great thing when you don't know what to give a couple, you're like, well, we'll give them this. And I just think that um, <laughs> this is nothing against the people who put those out. I think they have a, pl- a purpose, but I think as far as, as, what we're talking about today, I think they actually kind of missed the mark. Oh, I can't, I, I'm, you know, I think there's a place where maybe they do, but in my mind, I think they start more arguments than they grow anything spiritually. Well, and that's because what we discovered is they are both um, trying to focus you in a spiritual area, but also trying to like, 
make marriage encouragement that brings correction, if I can like, mm-hmm. I don't know, give the crux of it. And so all of a sudden you're sitting there reading this and you're newly married and probably haven't honed in on the fact that, you know, when you're reading something like that, you really need to focus on what you can change, how you can impact the marriage, as we've talked about, is a big um, part of what we believe. And so you're newly married and you're reading all these things and you're thinking, but my spouse doesn't do that. My spouse doesn't do that. And the other person's thinking the same thing and yeah. it just brings this source of tension. Right. I can't. I know we started multiple of those Silly couples devotionals. I don't think we finished a single one of them. No, and I don't think so. Probably regifted a few and got rid of the rest. Well, let's be honest. They're really hard to get rid of. Let's just be honest. We're always super honest here because most times, because they're given to you at your wedding, somebody writes an inscription on the first page. And you're, <laughs> you're sitting there with the dilemma of: Do I rip the page out and give it to goodwill? <laughs> do I leave the page in and give it to goodwill? Do I? You know, it's just. I don't know. Maybe there we might hear from some of you out there who actually love those things. Um, I I would love to hear from the couple who actually really valued their couple's devotionals. I don't know. They may exist out there, but I have heard from so many couples who just have said, this didn't help us. Surprisingly enough, I feel like we've heard from our community locally and whatnot that they too thought those things were very pigeonholed. Mm -hmm. You had to do them. And if you didn't enjoy them, something was wrong with you. Um, And I just think that 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 is not the path that we want to talk about when we talk about spiritual intimacy. Sure. So we uh, have quickly identified what doesn't work as spiritual intimacy. So I, I think one of the things that we come at with this is is the simple principle that says we are different. Mm-hmm. We're different. And when we try to do the same thing as spiritual intimacy, it doesn't work very well. Yeah. And it's a good thing that we're different. And so I think that This also comes from the church, and we just want to be super honest about the place where the church's intent is good, but it kind of misses the mark in actual living it out. And I think we hear all the time from pastors who say, read the word and pray, and do it for a certain amount every single day. Mm -hmm. Those are not bad things. Reading the word and praying are a staple for every single one of us. But how we interact with those prayers and the word can look very different. And when we pigeonhole them to one thing of sitting on your sofa, reading the word and praying, I think we miss how God has designed everyone in such a creative way and how they interact with God's word is going to look very different. And when we're telling them to sit there and just read, 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 I think I think we're just missing something huge. Yeah, absolutely. And and I know for a while in our relationship, there was this place where both of us thought that our time with God needed to look different than it did. And mostly because we wanted our spouses to look more like what ours did. I think I think for me, honestly, when I look back, I think... I thought it should look like what all the pastors said, mm-hmm. because as, as I've learned about myself, just sitting, reading, and praying actually isn't where God has gifted me, how he speaks to me, how he interacts with me. That's actually not me, right. but that's what I was hearing from the teaching, and so I was like, this is what I have to do, and this, Brad, this is what you have to do, and I feel like you're not doing it, and 
that's concerning to me. And I feel like we hear that from a lot of couples as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then there gets to be almost this pressure about their spiritual intimacy rather than actually intimacy. Yeah. Enjoy in seeing your spouse interact with, um, with Father, Son, and Spirit the way that they were designed to. Right. So I think the key that we're talking about here is learning how you connect with God mm-hmm. and and using that gifting that, that you have, that he's woven into you, and really trying to figure out how do you make sure that you have time for whatever that is. Um, for me, I enjoy, actually do enjoy journaling. Um, that's a place where I actually learn and feel like I hear God so much better when I have my journal. Um, but I've tried to suggest that to Kate at times, and she doesn't like that at all. I feel like journaling is making me, so I talk to God, and I feel like when you're making me journal, it's like I'm being punished and having to do it all over again. Like, you know, when you like wrote out an essay and you have to write it all again. So like journaling... um doesn't like you interact with it. It does right. not, it does not fill me. It actually feels like a chore. Right. And so then I've learned, okay, that's not actually how God and I actually connect. And yet I hear lots of pastors. It's probably the third biggest thing mm-hmm. I hear is you need to be able to journal. Um, and I think that's great for some people. It is. And for me, there are many times, and Kate's even said this to me, like there's times I'll go to her and go, I don't really know what I'm thinking or feeling right now. I need to spend some time with my journal. And she'll look at me like, what? Like now she understands, understands, but that's just not how she's wired. And I've just learned that is, for me, that's how I work things out and how God and I kind of (laughs) work things out often. But when I tried to make hers look like mine or, or vice versa, we just would miss each other. Yeah. And I think that um, I've learned to journal in a very different way. Um, I like my journal to be um, not lined paper, and I like to be able to ask God questions and write down what I feel that he tells me, mm-hmm. but not just like journaling. So um, I've learned to actually embrace it in one regard, but it's it's just very different than the way you right. do. And that's only been in the last couple of years that I've done that. Right. And, and I think when it comes to reading the word, we also do that somewhat differently as well. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, tar- I've tried different things over the years. That's the thing too. Like, there's been times in my life where life is so hectic, sitting down to read is difficult. So I have embraced audio, although that's not the way I learn super well. But there are times I've been like, I just can't sit down and read it right now, but I can certainly sit and listen to it. Right. So that's the other thing to remember, like life stages change. And it's okay if you're like, hey, I need to figure out a different way to connect with God because right now life is hectic and I don't really know. And when I say hectic, I don't just mean busy because we do really try to keep our lives as simple as possible with four teenagers. You can imagine how simple that could possibly be. But um, I really do try to keep it simple. And yet um, with just our current dynamic of having a kiddo who has a lot of trauma and needs a lot of care, sitting down to read is actually... It's hard. It's daunting. It's hard. Yeah. 
So, yeah, I've definitely gone through a season where I've listened to Scripture and I've really enjoyed that, but I tend to find um, myself enjoying taking smaller snippets and studying. That's just, again, how I connect with God and trying to either study a term or study, you know, something more in that. Um, When I'm reading Scripture, that's where I go is kind of usually the more intellectual place of it. And it, again, just looks different. And if we were to have the same reading plan or something, I think we would annoy each other. Yeah, I think, well, I think we have. So, Well, yeah, true. <laughs> We've tried that before and it doesn't really work very well. And I, I think that there's just so much freedom in this. We don't need to see it as so restrictive. I think we need to see the freedom it is in it. And I think that we can look at it in a couple of different genres. Like there's time with God. How do you connect with him? How does he speak to your heart? Do you like to be out in nature? Do you like to do art? Do you um, like to do worship music? Like it can look, that connecting time with God can look however you want it to mm-hmm. be. And then you get to bring in the element of prayer and God's word and and, and how you best connect with that. Yeah. And and outside of that, like the sky is the limit. Absolutely. You don't, you know, and there's no, um, there's no written formula. It's freedom. And I would say God's word and prayer should have an element pretty frequently, but it's not like if you go out of nature and spend a day listening to what God has for your heart and you didn't open up God's word, you're not connecting right. with him. Correct. Like That's right. just not, it's just not truth. So just to kind of sum all of that up, what what we're saying is both of you, husband and wife, need to think about and and really work on how are you connecting and growing spiritually, individually, and figure out what that looks like and cherish the way that your spouse does and make sure they have time to do that and make sure you have time to do that. So where's the couple intimacy part come together? How do how do we bring those two realities together? Well, again, I think there's a lot of freedom in it, but I think for you and I, we've really learned <clears throat> it means just being able to share when God puts something on my heart or I was reading a scripture and God just really shined a light on it. You know, you can read the same scripture over and over and for whatever reason, that one just really hit you. And we just have these open conversations about what God is putting on our hearts Mm -hmm. and what he's teaching us. And then like, it's always fun because we like to go back and forth, not in a debate sort of way, but like, Oh, I've never thought about that that way. Or, you know, we just like to interact with each other's walk with God. Right. Right. And that's the thing that I think really grows that spiritual intimacy is stopping long enough to say, oh, I was reading this, or I felt like God was speaking in my life in this area, and just constantly kind of bringing back what that relationship with him is, and just encouraging each other in how are we growing. And I would say it's a pretty regular thing in our conversation when we try to talk about our day, talk about what's going on, to for us to kind of say, well, I was reading this in scripture or I was you know listening to this podcast and it got me thinking about this and then I was talking to God about this and 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 bringing in where we're being challenged, where we're growing, where he's growing us. Yeah. And I just think that um I think that it's become an everyday natural thing for us sure. to just 
bring that, what God is laying on our hearts, whether that's through his word or just his spirit talking to us, I think that we just naturally bring that into our day. We also, we also chat about like, if we did hear a podcast or a sermon or somebody else brought something up and we're like, Hmm, like I want to dive into that. Um, We certainly have these conversations with our kids too. And one's a Bible student. So he definitely, uh, brings up things that challenge me to think about things in a different way as he's growing and learning and uh, making his faith his own. So it just becomes a natural part of our life, less than this forced um, this forced bit that just feels so much pressure right? Uh, instead of the freedom. So one of the other things that we talk about in terms of spiritual growth or spiritual uh, walk and intimacy together is spending time worshiping together. And in our post-COVID world, that may look a little bit different for you, um, but for Kate and I, we do try to get to a worship service once a week and um, as much as possible. Since we're staff on church, that, that doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen, but staff at church, but we do make that our goal. And as much as possible, we try to actually stand next to each other. You know, that's one of those remarkable things that when your kids get a little older, you can sometimes do. There was a lot of time that we missed that because one of us was on one side and one was in the other just to wrangle kids. And now that they're older, we actually um, think it's really important for them to understand that dad and I actually want to stand next to each other in worship. Mm -hmm. And it's not that... You know, if they're going through a rough time or something, we wouldn't ever, you know, make it about them or whatnot. But if they're in the worship service with us, they've just kind of gotten used to it. Right. That we want to stand and sit next to each other because it's important to us to have that worship experience together. Yeah. And then the other thing that we certainly talk about and um, work towards is what you talked about praying together is one of the things that, that, uh, a lot of times pastors throw out as this kind of gold standard of, of what intimacy, spiritual intimacy is supposed to look like. Yeah. And I think that this is one we've, we've still are figuring out and working towards. Like we never want to give the impression we've arrived. This is one at the end of the day, we have always sort of um, wrestled with, we see how important it is, how good it is. And man, it is very intimate to pray together at the end of the day. And yet, it's also very easy to just get into bed, get your routine and go to sleep mm-hmm. because you're exhausted. The day has been long. And one of our like friends and mentors, I always respected that he said, you know, he and his wife pray for like under a minute every night before they go to bed. And I love that he gave people the freedom to feel like this doesn't have to be a prayer where we need absolutely everybody and everything that we can think about that needs our prayers. Doesn't have to be profound. That has a time and a place, but it doesn't have to be in that moment. And so, yeah, just encouraging you to see what that looks like and see how you can bring that aspect in to your marriage. I think one of the things that we've done very well is – when one of us is struggling with something, when we're feeling like um, we're just having a challenge or going through something, we have stopped and said, you know, can we pray about that together? Or can we, you know, stop and let's just go to prayer in, in the midst of whatever that struggle is. And I think that's something that's brought a lot of comfort to both of us in those places. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I think, I think the thing to keep in mind here, which we would love to hear your comments, we'd love to hear your interactions together as couples of like viewing this as freedom that God wants so much for us to connect with him. And there's so much freedom in that. And each one of you has been designed specifically with different ways that you interact with God, different ways he speaks to your heart. And I think that there needs to be freedom in embracing those within your marriage. And I want you know, you as couples to know what that is for each other. I know how Brad connects with God and he knows how I connect with God. And there's reverence Mm -hmm. and respect for that, even if it's not how you connect. That's really good. Yeah. So we just encourage you to keep growing and seeing how you can grow together in this journey of still becoming one in your spiritual intimacy And we would love to hear some of your ideas. If you have other things that have worked for you um, to help you grow spiritually, um, stop on over to our website and look up the episode. And we would love to uh, hear some of your ideas and maybe take a look at some other people's ideas of what it means to grow spiritually together. So come on over to stillbecomingone.com and love to chat with you. Yeah, or visit us on our social media. Absolutely. So, and come back for episode two and three, where we're going to be talking about still becoming one in our emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.